The Life, Love, and Leadership Podcast is a presentation of Marissa Q. Payne International, Dr. James Payne Speaks, and the Foundation for Successful Marriages with Rare Gem Productions. Learn more at SuccessfulMarriages.org. And here are your hosts, the doctor and the missus, Marissa Q. Payne and Dr. James Payne. Welcome back to Life, Love, and Leadership with Dr. James and Marissa Q. Payne. I am Marissa Q. Payne. And I am Dr. James Payne. And we're so excited to have you back with us this week. We are. So, like, what's going on in relationship news this week? I wanted to talk a little bit about this show that's on OWN. Mm. We've been watching Family or Fiancé. Have you guys seen this show? Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. So, what do you think about it, babe? Well, I think this show is uh, it's pretty uh, standard for our time in an era of who wants to marry a millionaire uh, or The Bachelor or any other of those elk of shows. Uh, This show just kind of fits right in with how marriage views or the culture views marriage. It's funny that you say that because I really hadn't thought about it. There is this like fascination with relationship and marriage to some extent. And it's like an imbalance because the statistics and real life, right? Statistics are saying, you know, first marriage, half of first marriages end in divorce, more than half Mm. of second marriages. And a lot of people are choosing or opting not to be married. But then in the media, right? Like you said, there's all of these reality shows, say yes to the dress and, um, you know, all of these shows that are basically saying the opposite. And and again, I think it gives this fantasy of what it means to be in a healthy relationship. Absolutely. Um, kind of that microwave um, tendency. But if you haven't seen the family or fiance, it comes on the own network and they basically bring a couple, an engaged couple into a house mm-hmm. um, and they bring both sides of their family, um, you know, like three or four members on each side to get their blessing to get married and it's pretty it's pretty wild yeah (laughs) it's pretty wild Uh, both sides kind of get to decide who they want to bring uh to the table and uh there have been fireworks and uh yeah most of the time the family is like not in support of the marriage for one reason or another and their goal is to kind of convince the family that you know it makes sense and sometimes you know the couples end up calling the wedding off or they're like, no, we're going to go on anyway. What fascinates me is, and of course, you know, it's TV, so it's not real life, but um, it models real life, you know? So I was just thinking like, how important do you think it is for people to bring family into the discussion of marriage or like how much should that weigh out as you're considering getting married? That's a great question. Uh, I don't necessarily uh, lean heavily toward a a group family decision in Mm. terms of marriage. Uh, I I still believe marriage is between uh, two people and Mm. and that have to live and exist and thrive in that relationship context. Uh, And so really, I think the priority is just really, really focusing on the two people involved uh, and making sure that they are uh, to a place where they understand the dynamics of their relationship and are ready to take it to that next level. Yeah, but family can tear up a relationship depending on the dynamics, like extended family. I mean, I remember, um, you know, even when we got married, there was some family drama, which we deserved it, right? Because we we really were too young. We weren't necessarily ready to get married. So it's funny you mention that because our families, I liken us to the Hatfields and the McCoys. (laughs) 
Uh, just just the family feud, if you will. Uh, I have no idea what that means. You don't know about the Hatfield and McCoy? No. But, okay. Well, suffice <laughs> it to say they were feuding families. Okay. Uh, and so... I just uh, know the fish place. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Which is hilarious because I don't know the fish place. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. But I, I just remember uh, just, you know, your grandpa and my dad and, and, you know, my family, of course, was always on my side and supportive oh of God. me and right. your family's always on your side and supportive of you. But I think ultimately, uh, and kind of working through that, you and I got to a place where uh, we came together and were able to reconcile and work things through. Yeah, but that, I mean, that took a while. You oh, know? Yeah. It took I a while. It took maturity. I love my, you know, brother-in-law to pieces, but I was like, he wasn't supportive and I didn't want him in my wedding and he was your best man. And I was, I mean, like we had like serious discussion about this. I'm just like, I don't want him standing in my wedding and he doesn't support our union. I love you, Ken. No, no disrespect, but... <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that was a big deal. And then like, you know, the traditions of different of our families and figuring out holidays and how we're going to do stuff. Oh, my gosh. That was like it was a big deal. It was a huge deal for several years in the relationship. So I don't think you can like dismiss it. I think you got to talk about it because, again, depending on the closeness and or the level of drama that comes in and how you were raised, it it could definitely wreck havoc in yeah, a relationship. Yeah, I, I agree. You have to talk about it. It has to be a point of conversation. But uh, I think at the end of the day, uh, just as we did, ultimately, it comes down to the, the two people in the relationship to manage expectations yeah. on both sides of the fence uh, and really bring, you know, the relationship into focus and into balance. So. Ooh. That's a whole nother show. That's a whole nother show, but I think that's the most important thing. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So what's the topic for today? Well, today we are going to uh, deal with the topic uh, that I think is really prevalent in, in society. Uh, so today's topic is going to be about uh, avoiding the consumer marriage relationship, avoiding the consumer marriage relationip. It's a big deal. So consumer as, as a marriage. consumer marriage, what in the world does that mean? Well, a, a consumer marriage is uh, one where uh, you really see your spouse uh, or your partner uh, as a provider of marital services and goods. Ooh. And uh, you don't necessarily commit to the person or to the relationship. You commit to whatever experience they're creating in the moment. Oh, my God! And so, you know, it, 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 it works the same way it works with brands. So as long as this brand is serving me, I will be loyal to this brand. But when this brand stops serving me, I'm going to switch over to another brand. So, ouch. Yes. That's deep. That's listen, but that's where we are. That that's where we are, uh, because I, I, you know, I know you see it. I see it, uh, especially through social media and different mm. aspects. Um, so many of our contemporaries are divorcing. I think over things that are obviously things that can be worked out. Uh, yeah, serve me like you're not serving me anymore. I never really thought about it that way, but that is that's true. Like having a a false sense of what what relationship, what covenant relationship really mm -hmm. looks like. And, and the key word, I think, in that is the commitment, right, to the relationship. Um, I've been paying attention to commitment a lot lately mm -hmm. and doing things whether I feel like it or not. Mm -hmm. Like if I've made the commitment, then I'm going to do it. And yep. I think that's what's important in relationship. Like, you're not going to feel like it all the time, but you've made the commitment. And so that drives your behavior. You're not going to serve me. Um, you're not going to meet all of my needs all the time, but I'm committed to the relationship. 
which is different than this <clears throat> consumerism you're talking about. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I blame Burger King. Uh, Burger <laughs> King was the first uh, organization or one of the first organizations that told us we could have it our way. Mm. Uh, and then Sprite came along and, and said, obey your thirst. And those are great <laughs> components of advice if we're talking about hamburgers and soda. Uh, but it's terrible for a marriage relationship. Terrible. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm curious to know what the limit is there, right? So, of course, no, the relationship is not there to serve only you, right? It's there for both of you. But like now you hear from women a lot who feel like the woman is the one that often has to be the one that sacrifices mm -hmm. and compromises and has to take more flack from their male partner. And it's just like, well, how long am I supposed to deal with this? Or, you know, that kind of thing. So where do you see the balance between, you know, it's consumerism and it's selfish or it's taking advantage of or going too far? Sure. So to be clear, um, both partners deserve uh, and should always be treated with love, fairness and respect mm -hmm. uh, just as a grounding template, if you will. That's critical for uh, the marriage. But I think where we get into um, the consumerism mindset uh, is really when we put unfair um, uh, obligations, if you will, uh, and, and we put our, our partners in what I call a space of being indebted to us mm. uh, to do something. And so I think part of the magic of having a successful relationship uh, is to have a debt free expectation. So I don't oh expect you uh, necessarily as my wife, uh, because it, it's a gender norm uh, in our nation uh, to get up and cook me, uh, you know, two eggs, sausage, bacon, and, you know, hash browns uh, with coffee every morning. I don't expect you to, to do that. I don't put that debt responsibility uh, on you that you owe me that as my spouse. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think a, a lot of couples run into trouble uh, when we put that debt expectation uh, on our spouses, uh, which is one thing that I think is, is something that causes a problem in relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because then you start dealing, there's manipulation, mm -hmm. right? And what's your, what's your motive? for doing what you do. Right. Yeah. And there's nothing worse than someone doing a nice gesture, but you know, they're only doing it for what they can get in return mm -hmm. or get in exchange, or they're trying to butter you up for something. Sure. That's, that's a terrible way to be. Yeah. But I think that the other leg of that stool is it's important to uh, accept the reality that there may be periods uh, in your relationship uh, where the costs outweigh the benefits. Uh, that could very well be possible. And it's something that we understand clearly in terms of raising our kids. OK, tell uh, me, what do you mean by that? Well, you may be investing more in the relationship than you feel you're getting in terms of oh. a return, uh -huh. uh, which is something we understand automatically with our kids. But in 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 in, in the, the, the terms of intimate partner relationship. Oh, you mean like I give my kids a bunch and they don't give me nothing back? Exactly. Oh, That's okay. Exactly yeah, I do understand I mean. that. You're, you're right. Nail you're right. hit on the head. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think part of that. They say one day they, they give back. Like, I, I'll keep waiting for this day. Right, that, right. you know, one day they'll appreciate it and it's glorious and all that stuff. We're waiting together. I know. We're waiting together. Love you, pain gang. <laughs> <laughs> but I think uh, allowing that same level of space and grace uh, for your partner in the marriage context uh, as well, and not, you know, at all allowing for any abuse or misuse or anything of that nature, mm -hmm. uh, but definitely understanding that there may be periods where you, you know, you may feel you're bringing or doing more 
to aid and assist the relationship than is your partner. Yeah, that's where the love bank comes in. That's where the love bank comes in. Right. So and I and I think that makes sense um, that, you know, again, it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. Mm. And so there are seasons in relationships. So, of course, there may be a season. You Maybe you're in going to school at night and working by day or what have you, where you need your partner to kind of chip in a little bit more and, and they're making more deposits in, but then, and you're taking out withdrawals from the bank. But when semester is over and you're on summer break, then you start, you know, making more deposits so that when the school year starts back up, you've got enough in the bank so that you can make some withdrawals. And so again, it's not tit for tat, mm-hmm. but as long as it kind of balances out and, and you don't let the scale tip too much, then, you know, it's all good. No, I agree with that. So the focus of a consumer marriage is one that's uh, really kind of grounded in what can I get um, at a reasonable cost mm. uh, out of this relationship, uh, whereas the focus of a more committed marriage relationship uh, is not about what can I get, but how can we collaborate and what can we build together? Mm. Do you think people, I don't think necessarily, I could be wrong, and, and y'all tell us on the comments, do people get married for the wrong reasons? Uh, Actually saying it out loud, I can, yeah, I, I can already like... answer that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm, you know, like, so I don't know. Like, I mean, I think that that, that could be contributing to the divorce rate. So I think one of the things I find is people, you know, the mission at the foundation is to, you know, build lasting love that lasts and to prevent needless divorce. And people are often asking me, well, what does needless divorce mean? Mm. I think that it comes to, you know, so prevention, right? An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. But it's just like, you know, when you know that you have done your due diligence and this person, you've made a commitment to someone and really that the divorce is happening because of poor communication, because of like those family dynamics that Mm. we talked about. Stubbornness. Stuff that you can actually navigate through, but you just don't have the skills to do it. Or the humility. Or the, I was just, I was literally, you took the words right out of my mouth, right? The, The pride and the ego won't allow you to be vulnerable enough to build the intimacy that you need to actually keep going. And most of that is just learn skill. And and yes, it requires humility and vulnerability in order to do that. And to some extent, releasing some of that privilege or entitlement, yes. you know, what you owe me, you owe me this after all I did for you, like that stuff is going to tear down and get to a place where it's irreconcilable, but it doesn't have to get to that point if you're willing to be vulnerable. And it takes two to tango. I Mm. know that for sure. But again, that's a balance thing. You know, it doesn't it doesn't always have to be like that. No, not at all. Not at all. So I think the element in the room, um, our our model is based on seven elements, uh, is commitment. So when you have a strong commitment, you're able to ward off the temptation to exist in a consumer driven relationship. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's spot on because basically without commitment and you're a consumer, when you're done with the product, you just discard it. Yep. Right. On to the next thing. It's disposable goods, which is why it's so easy these days for people to just, well, 
you know, it's not it's not working for me. Mm. I'm on to the next thing. And obviously what statistics are showing is that that next thing is going to be the same thing. And you'll need to learn if you're going to be successful, you're going to have to learn to actually adopt the mm. elements for a successful relationship if you're going to be successful. Absolutely. Because the spirit of consumerism is keeping your options open, mm. uh, whereas the, the spirit of commitment uh, is kind of putting yourself in a box. I'm committed to this. I'm committed to this relationship. I'm committed to our success and doing what's necessary in context to frame and walk out your commitment. I love it. All right. All right. So it is time for the fight of the week. Um, so we were um, getting ready for uh, a big event that I was hosting. Uh, picture the scene. It is like, I don't know, 11, 1130 at night, the night before the event. And I am working feverishly on um, some bright idea that I got at the last minute. And I needed copies, um, duplicate copies, actually. And so I'm old school. So I'm just like, oh, I can just go to Kinko's. I know that's not even their name anymore. Um, FedEx, whatever. FedEx Kinko's, I guess, is the name now. But I asked you, you were sitting on the couch, hanging in there with me like a trooper, probably half sleep. Mm, um, you completely misread the situation. What you talking about? Uh, I wasn't necessarily just hanging in there with you. I was working on something. Oh, you were, I thought you were staying up to be with me. You were working too? Yes. You would have been asleep otherwise? No. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. So we were both up burning the midnight oil then. I thought, I'm, I'm so disappointed. I just knew you were just staying up to support me. Well, let me restate. No, forget it. Now it's too late. Anyway, <laughs> story is just getting worse and worse. Um, so I asked you if you could research Kinko's to find a 24 hour one for me. Because I needed to get, I needed to go to Kinko's. Um, mind you, I forgot all about the fact that you can email them now and all of that. I didn't even have to actually go. But in my mind, I was making a midnight run to Kinko's and you didn't say anything. Mm -hmm. And so I continued to kind of work. And then I was like, so is that a yes? And you're just like, oh, you were serious? Yeah, because see, in my head, I'm thinking, OK, uh, she sees me here feverishly working. Uh, she knows I have. So. Uh, she oh. had she had a big Saturday. Yes. I had a huge Sunday. Yes. And I'm working on my Sunday. <laughs> She's working on her Saturday. So I'm like, I, I know she sees me here working on my Sunday. This so. is hilarious. I promise. Yeah. Didn't even cross my mind. I, I know for sure. Because you were in your zone for I Saturday. I was in my Saturday. I'm in my Sunday. And so I'm like, I know she's not serious. I know she didn't really ask me to. OK, so I'm just going back to work because she's not serious. She can't be serious. <laughs> but you were serious. I Oh, my gosh. So I'm like, I said, so is that a yes? And you're like, oh, you were serious. And I'm like, uh, yes. And I said, why would you ignore me? And you said, I didn't ignore you. I just answered you. And I'm just like, you know, so that begins like the crazy making because I'm like, you obviously ignored me. You didn't say a word. And now you're trying to say that you did answer me. But that was like after I had the conversation. So now we're into semantics. And um, I just want to point out, we have some of the best semantical arguments. I would not call it best. It's ridiculous. They're we need a podcast to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. They are, they are great arguments. Like, you know, how we stage the arguments is fantastic. 
Like our verbal judo is amazing. It's ridiculous. It is amazing. It's ridiculous. So this was just another ridiculousness at midnight <laughs> on stress for both of us because we're both working um, on big things, which is a terrible formula. Right. So anyway, of course, then I started looking up Kinko's on my own. Um, I think my daughter, who's a night bloomer, she's always up. Um, ended up coming into the room. So I tasked her with it. And then I think you ended up placing the call or something like that and, and got, the, no, maybe I didn't work on it. Maybe you did do it for me. Cause I, I think yeah. you gave me the email address. There you go. Get the facts straight. <laughs> so yes, uh, I made the decision. Okay. How do I resolve this? How do I come down from the mountain and make this right for her? <laughs> and so I stepped away from my massive Sunday project uh, to serve her. Uh, and because her project uh, was due sooner and, and she needed to go public with what she was doing uh, within the next few hours, uh, literally. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, mine, I, I still had some extension. I was kind of further down the, the street, I think, and, and just kind of going over what I needed to do. So I made the decision ultimately to uh, take a pause. Uh, it cost me all of you know, five to seven minutes to source Kinko's, um, get the uh, information needed to uh, to move the project along. And uh, yeah. And boom, there was. Boom, there was. <laughs> Problem solved. I am so fascinated, though, that I promise I thought you were staying up for me in solidarity. It literally never crossed my mind that you were working on your own project, which for the record, you could have just said that. But I, let me restate. <laughs> I was staying up just for you. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> done. I'm done. So, you know, kind of my decision making uh, was just kind of framed in, okay, how do uh, I, I just drop the rope? How, how do I uh, um, find a way to serve and uh, really do what I can to help you understanding the nature of, of uh, the time frame that we're working with and what needs to happen. Uh, and so we were at uh, just a, a point of semantical argument. We were at a summit and um, I made a decision instead of having a tug of war, just dropped a rope. Uh, it won't take, uh, it, I'm arguing a principle uh, as opposed to uh, being practical in terms of helping her. I can do it. I have the space and grace to do it, but I have a principle in front of me that I'm working on something as well that is equally important, but I have more time uh, than she does. And so uh, the decision was made to, to not have the tug of war, drop the rope and serve my wife. So in serving you was absolutely worth it because it, it, it helped resolve your need uh, and it brought us back to a place of balance. Yay, balance. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and I, I think that um, what I learned from this is that when we are, you know, in the zone or in our own world, we forget that there are other worlds besides our own um, and make assumptions. And I, I'm sure when I'm in creative mode, like, you know, forget about it like that. That's all that's happening in my world. And um, like I said, I, I thought you were there. As far as I'm concerned, everybody in the house is here to serve me because I got something going on in the morning that is big. And, and you so know, you thought we all just sitting around just waiting to be backed and called. That's it. <laughs> 
these are lies. That's it. Like you are my resources at the moment. And um, and so I, I think that it's important, um, you know, for us to just keep perspective um, in those kind of situations and 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 set expectation, which for the record, I think I did do that. Like I, I said ahead of time, I was like Friday. I need you guys. I was like, you know, I just need you to be open and available. We're going to set up, et cetera, et cetera. You remember that? I did try to schedule and set some expectation. It did not go into midnight, you know, in fairness. But I did. I do kind of know how I am when I'm in event mode um, and what that would look like. But it's important to um, not catastrophize and not get so self-centered and self-absorbed that other people that there's other life going on, even when you are in the midst of, um, you know, heavy planning and creative space yourself, there is still other life going on and you have to keep that in, into perspective. Absolutely. So I think one of the key takeaways uh, I'd like to encourage uh, folks to do uh, is when you find yourself uh, facing a situation uh, where you're, you have a principled argument where you're arguing a mm. principle. Uh, definitely look for the practical beyond the principle. Uh, and if there is actual space and grace uh, to serve your your partner uh, and to make a difference uh, in whether or not something goes well for them or it, it, it's more challenging and more stressful for them, take the route uh, that serves them. Uh, so take the practical route uh, to serve them. And, and then on the on the flip side, uh, the council would be if, you know, to also make sure that you're cognizant uh, of um, other life happening in the room and just being aware uh, of not getting so trapped into your own thought, into your own world that you miss uh, the moment of uh, what else is happening around. You. I was just going to agree with you. I think arguments on principle um, literally have no like they're dead on arrival, basically. If the only reason you are making a point is for principle, drop the rope. Yes. Just like you said, just drop the rope because <laughs> life is short mm. and the marathon is long. Drop yes. the rope. Yeah. Yes. And you can be right in principle and, and still uh, lose the relationship. And so value the relationship, uh, the practical over the principle. Um, so scenario of the day scenario of the day yes the question from the couples oh call it question you lose me with scenario oh god okay so here's the question of the week um it says dear dr Payne and marissa i have been divorced for 10 years and i feel like i am ready to be in relationship again i definitely want to be married um i'm in my late 40s and it seems like the dating scene has really changed I feel like I have to do online dating, but I don't even know where to begin. Help. Hmm. It's a great question. Uh, and it's one that uh, yeah, a lot of folks have uh, because there are so many uh, divorces and remarriages happening. I think the first thing that comes to mind for me is really making sure uh, first that you are healed uh, from the, the pain of the, the former detachment uh, and assuming that that is true. Uh, really making sure that you uh, have a keen awareness and understanding of any uh, lessons that you were to take from uh, that experience and, and why that relationship failed and, and broke down. 
uh, so that, you know, you don't take um, uh, those ways of being and, and, and behaviors into uh, any new relationship you have. Uh, and I think the healing component is so important because you don't want to uh, really measure uh, new potential relationship opportunities against uh, those experiences that didn't work. So you don't want to hold John responsible for what Ted did. So that's why I think healing is so important and just recognizing uh, kind of what the lessons are there. Well, she says it's been 10 years. Don't you think you can heal in 10? You, obviously, she's healed, right? Uh, I wouldn't say obviously. <laughs> I mean, that there are folks and you know them, I know them, you know, 70 years old who are still unhealed about something that happened when they were 10. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, 10 years, you know, you, you can't automatically assume uh, that healing is there. That's why I think it's definitely worth stating uh, that that be something that is considered. Mm -hmm. uh, as you know, you start considering the dating scene. Yeah, no, I was obviously joking because I mean, we've we've seen couples, um, you know, that probably could be her parents mm -hmm. that um, are remarried and still struggling with basic communication mm -hmm. and struggling with intimacy mm -hmm. um, because they're you know holding back, um, not really wanting to be vulnerable, not having um, the real conversation. Um, so I, I definitely think that. That's um, good advice really is just to if you haven't, make sure you have done your work right to get to release whatever needs to be released um, and to forgive yourself, other people so that you don't bring so much of that baggage into new relationships. And um, I love the, the part about, you know, online dating and um you know, just the dating scene. I have enough um, single friends who are always fussing at me about finding them a man like I got them in my back pocket or something. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I know the struggle is real out there for men and women. It's not I mean, everybody, not maybe not everybody, but most people want to be would love to have a successful relationship. Sure. Mm -hmm. And I think um, knowing that, um, generally speaking, that that sense of connection um, that people want that. I, you know, my advice usually is to just, um, you know, to be yourself as much as possible and try not to, you know, usually, like we say, when you're dating, you're sending your representative. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, when you're in your 40s and 50s, it's like, who who has the time? Who has the time? <laughs> who has the time? To be putting on airs, you know, you really want to um, show up authentically, do the things that you enjoy, right? And um, be found living fully. Um, and I think that that's the the best way for you to connect and to find someone else that you would be connected to. Like um, if you if you're interested in meeting new people, of course, you need to put yourself out there. But you don't want to do it where you're like getting all dressed up and going somewhere where you would never go ordinarily just because you think there's going to be men there or what have you. Just do the stuff that you love to do. And be found like enjoying your life. I think that that's what's attractive to people mm -hmm. um, like attracts like and, um, you know, kind of take some of the pressure off and just make a commitment that you are going to be open, um, you know, so that you're not necessarily shutting people down, but mm. um, just be found being you mm. as much as possible and being, you know, making yourself available 
I love the idea that you gave about just being yourself. Yeah. Uh, and I just think about like uh, fruit trees and that sort of thing. Mm. Uh, they don't advertise. They, they don't, you know, request that people come over uh, and, you know, partake of what they have. Uh, they just manifest themselves. They just yeah. be themselves. And there is a natural attraction to what it is that they produce and who they are. Right. Uh, and so I think just being yourself uh, will attract uh, the right person that fits into uh, that mold of what you need in companionship. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think there's some strategies about online dating, you know, for, for sure, um, which is really the same as well. People get hung up on the picture, um, which, you know, I'm told you should have multiple pictures of you doing showing the diversity of who you are. And again, you living your life. And right? your picture should absolutely be like within the last <laughs> decade. <laughs> Like, you know, I, I listen to a lot of people talk about, you know, meeting guys oh and, and, you know, he sent his picture of him when he was 30 and he's like no, 60 now. It's so sad. <laughs> like, you know, because that's really element, the element in the room, number one, right? Yes. Self-esteem and self-image. Yep. It's really, really important. Like if you don't love yourself, if you're not comfortable in your own skin, you cannot show up and be healthy in a relationship with anybody no. so that's critical like it's listen if you got back fat you got back fat and it's just like you might as well know that this is what my back looks like <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean nobody's like necessarily advertising that per se but it's just like I need you to see that this is who I am and and if that works for you fantastic and if it doesn't fantastic we moving on because I came to skydive because that's what I like to do absolutely and I'm not disappointed because I was coming for that anyway Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, just being yourself, that'll go a long way. Yeah. So today we've given some great perspective on uh, consumer relationships and just flat out consumer relationships do not work. We bend toward commitment, commitment over consumerism all day, every day and twice on Sunday, twice on Sunday, twice on Sunday. I love it. So speaking of consumerism, make sure you are not just consuming uh, life, love and leadership. Share it with a friend. Subscribe. Leave us your comments. We want to engage with you. Uh, visit the website SuccessfulMarriages.org and we are found everywhere you listen to your podcast. We will talk again next week. All right. Thank you, guys. This is Life, Love and Leadership. The Life, Love and Leadership podcast is a presentation of Marissa Q. Payne International, Dr. James Payne Speaks, and the Foundation for Successful Marriages. Connect with us, find us and follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to learn more about our guests, show notes, services, events, or to get involved, visit SuccessfulMarriages.org. Life, Love and Leadership is another positive production of Rare Gem Productions. Thanks for listening.